Hello, and welcome to Read Between the Tech, the podcast that explores how companies can have richer and strategic conversations about the future of their current technology. Whether you're a tech enthusiast, business leader, or simply interested in the impact of technology in a company's growth, this podcast will have something for you. So join us on this journey as we read between the tech and uncover the real stories behind your organization's technology and its future success. Let's listen in on this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Thank you for listening to uh, our next episode. And I'm excited today. We've got my good friend Chuck Homer here as our guest. And uh, I'll get Chuck to introduce himself. Say hello, Chuck. And we'd love to hear a bit about your background, some of your passions, and maybe a bit on the journey from big business to peer executive coaching. All right. I am Chuck Homer. I have lots of gray hair and warts and blemishes, but yeah, I'm pretty handsome at the same time. <laughs> yeah, my background is in the, was in the corporate world. I spent 30 years in the corporate world in the sales and marketing arena for about half that time and running companies for the other half. I ran three companies and eventually I moved from that scene to leading and coaching senior executives, mostly CEOs and business owners. And I've been doing that for the last 23 years. I, I get them together in groups and deal with them in a group, a peer group basis. And I'd also do some one-on-one coaching with them as well. So I was reflecting on my, my passion and it's pretty clear in my mind now it has been for many years, not all of the 23 years, but eventually, essentially, uh, in order to keep doing this work, you have to have a reason or any work really, you have to have a reason for getting up in the morning. What is it that, that you're really passionate about? And for me, it, it is being a catalyst with CEOs and business owners and, and business leaders to help them to grow their companies, get insights and tools and have means to which to grow their companies. And that helps to, it helps them personally. And, but it also has a major impact on employees, their families. And ultimately the success of the small and medium business sector. So the more that I can have a, a role in, in helping business leaders to excel, the more it will have an impact on others and eventually having an impact on the small and medium business sector. And that's important because that's where most of the jobs are being created. So it helps to, it, 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 it assists in the development of the Canadian economy and the standard of living in Canada. So I was reflecting on also on what it was like to go from the corporate world to the, the role that I'm in now, which is dealing with working with CEOs and business owners to help them excel and grow their companies. And when you're in the corporate world, you're supposed to have all the answers, especially if you're running companies, but it's true if you're in a department as well. You're supposed to have answers relative to the domain you're in. It's like being trying, having to be an expert and not have, not show any signs of weakness, not show, not having to go to other people for answers. As a seat, when I was a CEO of these three companies, I had to, I had to have the answers. So I stopped there. Pardon? The buck stopped with you. Yeah. So I, there's several ways to get answers, but a lot of CEOs kind of work 
with their teams, but essentially they work with their own capabilities. They're pretty good problem solvers. Otherwise they wouldn't have been in the position they am. they're in. They get good at having all the answers and giving other people advice. So when I made the move from the corporate world to working with small business leaders, it was very different. And it was a hard adjustment because in the corporate world, just what the key was to really have the answers. And when working with peer groups, the key was to have the questions because the, the essence of a peer group learning model, and it's through learning that individuals grow and companies grow. The essence of that is that adults learn best from other people and what goes on in their head when they're interacting with other people or they're trying to answer questions is where the insight and the learning comes from. It's really easy to give somebody a, a advice. And a lot of times it just goes in one ear and out the other. You've been on a course, for example, and somebody's preaching all this good content to you. And the half life of that is about 24 hours and you multiply that doesn't, but if you're interacting with someone who you respect and value, and they're asking you questions or, or, or they're challenging you, you will develop insights. You'll crystallize and hone your own thinking so that it creates movement in terms of where you're at, in terms of your thinking, your motivation. And so that's the real key to it is to put the questions to, to my members about things that are really consequential to them. And they will figure it out. Hopefully. And sometimes, <laughs> yeah, on, on good days. Yeah. And so you've, you've talked about coaching and business coaching. I know you're a big basketball fan. How, how do you see sports and coaching and business and coaching interrelated and correlated? And I'm coaching a lot of softball, so I, I see it from different. I see both sides of that line. But where do you see similarities or differences there? Okay, so let me just go a little bit with re regard to athletics, and then I'll direct the question to coaching. Athletics is about competition. And so having the will to exceed or su succeed to win is really important for self-motivation. Yep. And no athletic experience is successful without real hard work, picking yourself up and when you're knocked down and getting back at it, getting back at it. <clears throat> so I think that grit and the desire to succeed are essential to uh, success in the business world. And I will even extend that to life. So where, so how Coke can relate to sports is Nobody's athletic performance is going to change unless they see it in their own mind. And the way, so, so they're adults, if you're talking about professional sports, they're adults or could be teenagers, but they need to be able to visualize what, what change can be. And the only way they can visualize that is by seeing, seeing opportunities and processing those in their own mind. And one of the things about sports is that it, it is probably the, one of the few activities with the most instant feedback. Yeah. So, so if an athlete can 
accept feedback, they're, they're probably going to improve. And to, so it's the same with, it's the same in business feedback and it's critical being challenged. It's critical being open to, to learning and being accepting that you, you don't necessarily have it, it all figured out, but there is, there, there's a way to figure it out. That's pretty critical. So grit or resilience, and then the, the will to change. I can see how that's important, both in sport and in business. And when you think about change, you've been coaching CEOs and executives now for, you said 23 years. How has the role of the CEO changed over 23 years? Because when I think to, when I entered the workforce, it feels like the attitudes at work have changed, the demographics have changed, the, the personalities have changed. What are maybe two things you've observed and change it to the role of the CEO or top executives in the 23 years that you'd see are, are really important. I would say it's the, it's the speed and complexity in their, in business, in life, and little, but in particular in their roles, it is just an order of many magnitudes diff, different than it was when I started. There's so many elements to to the issue of speed, but we're all, we're all aware of 20 years ago, you pick up the phone or you got a letter and yeah, so email is starting as a popular force, but, uh, now it's, everything is, it's instant on and always on. Uh, so the, the speed that which your, uh, which CEOs are, are required to operate at is, is very different. And, uh, and it's actually can be a liability because sometimes you need to go slow to go fast. You have to know when to regulate that. And the other thing is the complexity. It's just, it's of course exacerbated by the speed issue, but you've got much more complexity in terms of strategy. People are, and organizations are much more complex and the technology is complex. So it's harder to uh, it's much harder to lead an organization today than it was back 20 years ago. There were still vestiges of command and control yeah. that, that worked. There are, there's that today still, but it doesn't work that well. So it's about having to do, to deal with all these issues in a collaborative leadership decision-making style. So you touched on technology a couple of times there with the pool of CEOs you're working with today. And for the audience, I guess, what's the typical largest pain point you hear with regards to technology from the executive suite or from the C-suite? It's knowing what to do. They're not, by and large, you're an exceptional exception, Eric. By, by and large, they're not experts in this area, okay? And they have varying degrees of uh, understanding. The biggest thing is, what should I do? What should I do? Okay. And of course, they get issues of cost and problems with implementing and figuring out what AI is all about. But the, you know, it's the biggest question is that. AI is a big topic. That's a whole other podcast or two. Yeah. Uh, how has technology changed the peer group experience? Cause it feels like it's it must've changed and I've seen apps and uh, the move from paper to apps for certain pieces, but uh, at a broader scale, what are the changes in that you've observed from the peer group experience with technology? 
Well, one of the things that technology has done is it's allowed different meeting formats, Zoom or hybrid. Teams? Yeah, Teams, definitely. <laughs> and how could I make that mistake? <laughs> We're platform agnostic here. It's yeah, just good to tease you once in a while. Yeah, that's good. The second thing is that with technology, there's so much more information that's available and it's available instantly. And the phrase used to be until a year ago, you can just Google it, right? Yep. And now it's just that, just ask chat GPT. Yes. And so I just saw that now when you're asking for Siri, you don't have to say Siri again. When you ask the second question, you can just say, Hey Siri, and ask a question and ask another question. <laughs> so it's, it's just. So there's no shortage of information or advice or that you can get. The key is, um, how do you judge or assess what you should be focusing on and then what the right factors are to consider or what the right answers are. That's in, in fact, uh, where a peer group can be helpful by listening to and understanding the pros and cons of the experiences that uh, other uh, senior executives have encountered. There's one other thing about the uh, peer groups is that um, technology has changed, and that is <clears throat> that executives and members of peer groups, like executive peer groups, <clears throat> are much more distracted and overwhelmed, and it's harder to get their attention, keep their attention. To... A lot of successful people have some form of ADHD or something like that. And this just exacerbates it. It's get them to sit still for eight hours or not go to their, their device, which their normal day they're looking at every five minutes that that's changed. So it, it, that's a real, that's a, a negative in terms of the peer groups. On the bright side of that, I'm glad to hear it's not just my 13 year old daughter who's fully addicted to her mobile device and that it, CEO yeah. is running the same problem. It's true. Distraction is, is hard. It's really hard. And it, it's one of the things we talk to businesses about is the whole idea of disabling notifications and yeah. controlling your device versus the device controlling you. And the devices are all designed to engage, have to find ways to intentionally stop the distraction and stop the disruption of work because alerting notification is the biggest disruptor of work today. And when you stop or pause to acknowledge the disruption, it takes, I think it's 20 minutes to get back to where you were. Like it's huge cost. It does. To businesses. Yeah, it is a huge cost. So. And on a societal level, technology in the form of social media is a bit evil because it's tuning into what's going to, you know, um, attract your attention. Yes. There's a lot of, I'll say learning scaffolding and educating that parents are responsible for with their early teens on that type of technology from both a, a self-worth perspective and from a, how not to be distracted by it. Yeah. And I think it's present, it's going to be there. So you have to teach and then scaffold and build resilience around that type of technology. Cause everyone's going to have bad experiences with it. Yeah. It's just their bad experiences are public as opposed to at the park with no one watching and no cameras. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're, <laughs> that's right. You hit on the emotional, psychological part of that, and it's going to have a major effect on society. And we can see it coming through in terms of uh, young employees. Yep. You've helped 
lots of executives, myself included, make the, the jump in the journey from senior leadership to the CEO's seat. Uh, are there any common themes or any common mistakes that people make as they make that progress or jump? Because it's very different from being a VP of sales to, to leading a business because there's multiple disciplines, multiple practices, a, a broader scope of control that you can make mistakes with. So maybe some, yeah, common themes and challenges that people run into in that journey. Yeah. The biggest issue that manager leaders face is people, of course, because they're designed to lead people. That's the whole idea of leadership. It's just the trend. It's just the transition to having to be, to be able to listen to people better, be more empathetic, uh, be more collaborative at the same time as having to, in the final analysis, be responsible for the vision and, and strategy and major initiatives of the organization. And hopefully that a leader needs to build their, they, they just need to build their uh, listening, empathetic and collaborative skills during that time, during, as they move up. And those are things that are, they're not really well taught. I think some schools very different than when I went, or we weren't taught, taught anything about teamwork, but there's that exists now in schools, but still it's a major skill and you won't see, I, I, you won't really, unless you're off in some niche mark play, you won't really skill a succeed unless having uh, the skill to deal effectively with you know, kind of leading in the true sense uh, and engaging people. So that's the biggest shift and I think requires humility and some vulnerability so that people can, people will see that you're just a normal human being and you're trustworthy and, and, and they won't, they'll respect you and they won't fear you. Let's go on one leg at a time. Yeah. So I ask all of our guests choice of media consumption, book, podcast, or audiobook, And then what would your favorite be? of your choice of consumption method? Mine is newsletters. Ah, okay. I read CNN's five things and the Economist daily newsletter. I read the Atlantic. Yes, I'm looking for a go-to Selena McLean's newsletter, this kind of thing. But so I want to know about Canada, but I also want to know on a bigger scale what's going on. Yeah, so that's my... That's, that's my major source. And then I have a, a, a favorite newsletter, which is Scott Galloway's No Mercy, No Malice, a blog that comes out every Friday. And he's a New York Stern Business School professor. Actually, he's living right now in England just by, by choice. I think he just wanted to get out of the United States. But it's, it, I, I find it fascinating because he's so there's, he's so, on the money and knowledgeable, and he doesn't mix any words and, and he's a bit crude at times, but the, but the concept is like in the title, no mercy, no malice. That is really, that is really what it's all about. He, he just says it. He's very, he's a really good critical thinker. He uses data and, and he just says it like, like he sees it. So that's the no mercy side. But he doesn't mean malice. Okay, he's really 
he may be very critical of some about somebody, but he's doing it because he believes that's the, the for the betterment of society for people to understand his point of view. I really like uh, that. He's got a great one. And last question before we sign off: Where can people find you? Okay, I want to just talk about my favorite book, and it has oh, been sure. Yeah, you can do your favorite book. Yeah. It has been for many years, and that is uh, Man's Search for Meaning with Viktor Frankl, who was uh, in a um, concentration camp during Second World War and survived. And the book is about his journey through the camp and the reason why he survived and what he did with his life since then. It's really good. It's a powerful book. Yeah. So you can reach me at Chuck Homer at See Homer at chuckhomer.com. All right. Thank you very much for joining, Chuck. I uh, appreciate all your, your thinking and sharing your experience around the, the life and journey of a CEO and peer group learning. Have a great time, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks a lot. And that's all the time we've got for today's episode of Read Between the Tech. We hope you enjoyed listening and learned something new about how technology can help shape the success of your organization. Don't forget to subscribe to our monthly newsletter and get insightful IT resources, tips, insights, exclusive Microsoft offers, and much more right to your inbox. Visit www.proshivit.com newsletter dash sign dash up to join the post of it community follow us on linkedin and substack to stay up to date with our podcasts and visit our website at www.proservit.com for more information about how to unlock your company's digital future we'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode so feel free to leave us a comment or contact us on linkedin at proservit with your feedback and ideas for future episodes Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on Read Between the Tech.